and welcome back to the Common Sensitivity Podcast. Common Sensitivity Podcast. (laughs) It is your host, Mo, and my co-host, Nathan. What's up, Mo? Not much. How are you? Wonderful. Are you you making it through the week? How about yourself? I am doing the same. It's Thursday. Thursday? It's a little bit different from our usual midweek. Hump day. We ain't got that day cracking this Today week, is you know. Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday? Thirsty Thursday. I had a lot of water today. I'm not thirsty. <laughs> yeah. That is good to know. Thank you. I am glad that you're staying hydrated. Got to stay hydrated out here. <laughs> Absolutely. It's common sense, you know. <laughs> Just saying. It might be commonly sensitive. You know. It depends on who you are. This is true. And what you're drinking. This is very true. <laughs> And I, I, I like to keep the electrolytes going and stay hydrated. Absolutely. Does the body good. I agree. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> what you got going on today? So we are ending September. It's the end of the month. That shit came fast. It did. It did. Already? Already. Golly. We have what? N- okay, so on Monday we had 96 days left mm-hmm. of 2022. That's it? And it's been four days. Do you know how quick, <laughs> man, do you know how fast 90 days is going to fly by? Like, we're going to blink, and it's going to be December 31st. You know, my kids have been on me, too, like, so my birthday is in, like, two months. I'm like, hey, why are you telling me that? <laughs> Stop <laughs> telling me. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you keep acting up, you ain't getting nothing. Well, last week <laughs> you said that you were going to start. You're Christmas right. shopping. You're Have right. you done that? Hey, look, and I'm ready to start taking what I got already back. Take this oh, back. I still got receipts. Snaps, they better get they, they better, better get on it. Hey, they look, better get they act right. They ain't playing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's the end of September. And if you recall, we started the month talking about suicide prevention awareness month. This is true. So we're gonna end this month just talking about mental health in the black community and we're going to talk about grief and we're going to talk a little bit about just insensitive things that people say and do um, during that process of grief after you've lost someone okay Um, and then we do have an honorable guest speaker today that's gonna talk to us and share with us a very personal story who that who that though (laughs) Who that that was her name? Her name is Juanita Pineda. Juanita. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How you doing, Juanita? Hello, hello. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Glad How are to you? have you on. We're good. We're good. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I know we definitely like to keep things light with humor in the mm-hmm. community. And mm-hmm. this is definitely a very serious talk that needs to be had more mm-hmm. common. Mm-hmm. Um, more commonly That's in right. the community. <laughs> That's so right. I am very thankful to both of you guys for closing out September with such an important message. Thank you for we're, joining we're thankful us. Thankful for you Thank being you. here. Yes. Thank we, we you. It. Absolutely. Yeah, Juanita is going to talk to us a little bit about her personal story and as it relates to suicide um, prevention awareness. And um, so we're excited to hear from her. And again, can't thank you enough for spending your Thursday with us and sharing your story with us. Absolutely. Yeah. So no no other place you'd rather be, right? 
oh, on a Thursday? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I work be. from home, so it's nice to get out of the house. I, hey, <laughs> I give you that. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I feel absolutely. That. All right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So how do you feel yeah. about that? Um, well, obviously, it's going to be a whole lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely needed you know Mm -hmm. sometimes the things that are needed are the most difficult to to hear accept Mm -hmm. you know and come to terms with Mm -hmm. but it's definitely needed on that process to healing and you know journey to prosperity and just better living you know absolutely because you cannot stay cooped up with your thoughts Mm -hmm. pain or any of those things those things will definitely tear you down and kill you in the long run absolutely you know Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, in the black community, we definitely have like leading cause of death and high blood pressure, that's stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not a game. That's not nothing to play with, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people, we walk around all day long with smiles and, you know, um, the mask up. But at the same time, it's like, hey, sometimes you got to drop that and you just got to be raw. Got to be real. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So. Have you personally, like, had any experiences with losing someone close to you absolutely um <clears throat> excuse me when i was 12 years old i lost my father mm. yeah so sorry. yeah thank you um i lost my father when i was 12 uh it's really a rough time for me my, the rest of my family for my mom um being that i'm our only son mm-hmm so, mm. you know, having a boy turning into a man and not knowing what to do is pretty heavy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My mom raised four girls before me. So, you know, she got through that with my father and um, raised also my, my elder brothers from my father. Um, but just having me by myself, no dad around anymore, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Was your dad's death sudden? Um. Or was it? It kind of was to me, you know. Okay. It kind of was. It wasn't like um, an accident or someone taking his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like medical issues there. Okay. And just as a kid, you're not you're not like uh, let me expect the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're always thinking like I'm going to think about the better times and mm-hmm. you know how good it's going to be after this. Mm-hmm. And that's what my dad used to tell me all the time. Like, oh, when I come out of here. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna have new legs. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be that. And I'm like, yeah, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that day just didn't come. So your so. dad was in the hospital, in and out. It sounds like um, yeah. with medical issues, and so you kind of knew that there were some health concerns. Right. Did your mom or dad ever mentally prepare you for just kind of? what death might look like or that that could be a possibility? No, I honestly, and I, I don't fault them for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think I prepared myself mm-hmm. more so because before going to my father's funeral, I probably had been to about 10 funerals, okay. maybe 10 plus mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I won't say it was normalized, mm-hmm. but it wasn't nothing new to me. Okay. You know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know how people say it's like it's all good and whatever until it happens to you. You know, right. it's kind of like that thing. So now it's happening to me and I'm like, oh, this is a lot more heavier than how it looked seeing my aunt or mm-hmm. an uncle or a cousin or mm-hmm. anybody else for that matter, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. 
this person is in your household every day on a daily. You expect to go home and see them. You expect for them to come home and see you. So, mm -hmm. so once your dad passed away, mm -hmm. how did you deal with that? What did that look like? I was lost. Honestly, I was, mm -hmm. I was completely lost. Um, I was frustrated, very frustrated. Nobody really had the answers for me. Did you act out? <laughs> Belligerently. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A great a great deal of it. Okay. Um I, I tried to keep it in moderation, but I ain't the best at that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um it was just definitely a lot of unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. Um uh misunderstandings, you know, but for for me and what I've learned in life is um you can only be frustrated at what you don't understand. When you start to actually gain that understanding it starts to remove some of that frustration that you had there, you know, because mm -hmm. then you can put the pieces of the puzzle together and you're like, okay, I understand now a little bit better than what I did when I was younger. So, mm -hmm. but I was definitely, uh, just livid. At what point did you come to terms with just like what you said, that deeper understanding and that when, as it pertains to death, unfortunately mm -hmm. there aren't any answers no one can really right. provide you with that right that's that's true um honestly i can't ever say i ever come to terms with that you know like mm -hmm. uh somebody that close to you mm -hmm. i don't think you ever really come to terms with it you learn how to cope with it okay more so mm -hmm. than to actually be like yeah i just accept it and it's cool like, mm -hmm. you know um for the most part um I had to learn to start calming down mm -hmm. and not be so amped about mm -hmm. everything for no reason. Cause it's like now this is trickling into unrelated things mm -hmm. and that can work against you versus working for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. So reactive. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's better to respond than react. So, mm -hmm. um, I had to learn that and, um, some of it came easy. Some of it came hard. Mm -hmm. you know? Do you ever recall, anything that was insensitive that people around you may have said or mm -hmm. done that really just angered you even more so when you were going through that grieving process um you know yeah um you know everybody used to have your mama jokes you remember those back in the day mm -hmm. and that was like always a go-to when you're just losing about mm -hmm. your mama People would say that and say your dad or something. Mm -hmm. So that was one of them. Mm -hmm. But people kind of understood and knew me. So mm -hmm. they were like, oh, my bad. I'm sorry about mm -hmm. that. Like, mm -hmm. And they kind of backed up off of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I mean, I didn't really let any of that get to me mm -hmm. too much because I knew that they didn't understand the situation. Um, more so, in all honesty, I would say it had to come from within my home with my mother. Oh, so you don't feel that your mom was sensitive um, or um, empathetic? I won't say that she wasn't because I wasn't being mindful that she was grieving a husband, mm, you know, and I was too young to really process that in the moment. Or understand. Yeah. Right. Understand because that, I was, yeah. you know, when you're that young, you're concerned with yourself. Mm -hmm. It That is what it is. That's just mm -hmm. part of life and part mm -hmm. of growing up. So um, there was a lot of moments where me and my mom argued. Mm -hmm. You know, for the littlest of things, felt like we would never really be on the same page again. Mm -hmm. um, 
couldn't really hold a conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. So we weren't gaining ground. Right. And that was just my cry for help because it was me telling her, I need you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really need you mm-hmm. bad. Like, you can't teach me how to be a man. My dad already gave me all the tools he could before now mm-hmm. to become that. But I need you. You know, I don't need you to be this hard person. Right mm-hmm. now. I need you to just be my mom and mm-hmm. be soft. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, I need you to be. I need you. Yeah. Because regardless, you, you're a woman, but you're my mother. I need you. I, I have to have you. There's mm-hmm. no way around that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's like I'm your only son. If if anything happens to me, well, how are you going to feel? Right. You know, right. I don't know how you might process that. You might see my dad in me. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to keep that going uh, as long as you can, you know, as much as you can. You definitely want that legacy to live out. You don't want that to become uh, something that's wasted, you know, on my behalf or someone take me from you or something to that degree and then you look back and say dang i wish i could have did more or i should have done more so at you're what 33 now right oh yeah so at 33 have you and mom ever had that conversation and move have you guys completely moved past that rough patch um yeah i i can say we have we we have that conversation all the time okay you know um Mm -hmm. She's uh she's traditional, okay. So <laughs> y- you you kind of can understand just the vibes of that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you you know you're gonna have to try different angles a mm-hmm. bunch of different times before you finally make a breakthrough. <laughs> 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 but we're gonna eventually make one. You know okay. that's how that's how I viewed it. Okay, and we did. Um, and uh, I mean we we talk about it all the time. You know sometimes she lets me know how she feels. Mm-hmm. And then I let her know how I feel, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, how she feels about missing my father, mm-hmm. how I feel about missing my father. Okay. Um, and at the end of the day, like I say, uh, understanding has really helped a whole lot in the situation mm-hmm. because I understand that you were grieving just like I was grieving and you didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you had no clue of what to do or you probably were panicking and thinking like, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I navigate, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I mean, eventually she learned to trust me and know that, yeah, your teachings didn't go in vain. Neither did his. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you got to trust your teachings. I tell her that now, still mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, even being 33, I'm still my mom. Um, I'm always be her baby to her, so. Yeah. Do you guys have any traditions that you still follow or um, celebrate? in like honorary uh, yeah mm-hmm. um honestly no not i mean i do probably on just on on my end mm-hmm. um but not together not that i can think of like we definitely call on his birthday mm-hmm. and we talk to one another but um as far as just like a tradition that we both follow together no nah, not that i can think of yeah okay yeah. Do you have, what's your fondest memory of your dad? Man. That sticks out Jeez. in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, like good memory or bad? Just 
at the drop of a yeah like well well, i mean you know it it can affect you in in so many different ways i say at the drop of a hat Mm -hmm. you're 33 Mm -hmm. you were 12 when he passed Mm -hmm. today me asking you that and you not being prepared for the question (laughs) what is the fondest memory that you have you never know like all right all right honestly I think my most fondest and the thing that I think of the most is mm-hmm. probably when I used to play uh, peewee basketball. Okay. Yeah, I was in the peewee league, <laughs> and I was on the Lakers. Okay. League, yeah. Did he coach? You know what? My dad did coach, okay. but he didn't coach none of the teams I played on. Okay. He used to coach for the school I used to go to. Okay. You know, because he, um, he was an athletic director there at the school. My mom was a teacher at that school. Okay. And I attended there from first grade to fifth grade. Okay. So it was like being at home, at school, no difference. It didn't matter. <laughs> so when you say that that's your fondest memory of your mm-hmm. dad and that you were playing on the Pee Wee League, mm-hmm. what about that sticks out to you? Just how he would act in the crowd when okay. I would hit shots and stuff like that. So you're biggest fan. Oh, man. Yeah. You don't even know. I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. You don't even know. Like, okay. That's why, I like, even for my kids, like, when I put them in sports or they do anything, oh, I'm acting a fool. I'm, I'm that parent <laughs> on the sideline. Yes. Guaranteed. I want okay. them to know. Okay. <laughs> I okay. can care less about anybody else out here. Just know <laughs> I'm watching and you are definitely impressing me. Absolutely. That's awesome. You know? That's Absolutely. awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's how my dad was all the time. Never failed. Yeah. Never I love failed. that. I love that. Thank you for letting me just ask you a bunch of questions <laughs> and uh you know taking you back to probably obviously a not so memorable time um you know but again we we started this by saying it's gonna be um you More know tough. it's a conversation <laughs> that needs to be had right and it is a very sensitive topic right um i think the unique thing about all three of us sitting in this room today is that we've all experienced grief and loss in some capacity. And I, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it matters if you're prepared or if it happens suddenly, Mm -hmm. you know, loss is loss. And it's, um, I think sometimes depending on who the person is and how close they are to you, you don't know until you're, in those shoes, how you're going to feel, how you're going to process it. Um, And so um, we, but what we do know is that the one thing that's inevitable in life is that we all live and we all die. That's true. Right. Um, Or we're all born and we all die. I won't say live because not everybody lives. Right. Very true. You know, you're right about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you, Nathan. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Yeah. And so at this time, I think I'm going to turn it over to Miss Juanita. Yes. <laughs> How are you to de- tonight? I'm not doing too bad, actually. I've, to be completely transparent, I've been a little nervous mm-hmm. and anxious mm-hmm. about this. Um, it's, we're coming up on his. 21st birthday next month Mm. so it's a little it's a little difficult um but at the same time me being me I always try and put a little bit of positivity to it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we are definitely trying to get our plans in order and 
it's a lot going through an entire month that is suicide awareness Mm -hmm. and of course it's on my mind daily but Mm -hmm. I jump on social media and it's right there and Mm -hmm. it's just constantly so triggering but at the same time I'm trying to use it in a positive way to just say okay this doesn't have to be triggering I can I can use this I can continue to try and keep my outlook on opening the nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just trying to utilize what I see going on in the world and put something in works to help with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your nonprofit. So Push Positivity Project is a nonprofit organization that I am in brand new stages of getting developed. Um, I got the name from my son, Elijah. He passed away June 1st, 2021 from suicide. Um, He was a very positive kid. He always had this big, huge smile on his face and was always constantly reminding me and everybody else to just keep going, just keep moving forward. And unfortunately, with the pandemic happening right um, during his senior year in high school, that took a lot of expectations away from him. He had these grand plans for his senior year and they were supposed to go to New York and they were supposed to walk across that stage on the Chandler High football field and he didn't get to do any of that. Mm. And so that was a major disappointment to him and Unfortunately, he hadn't gotten insurance for his purchase for their New York trip. So Mm -hmm. even regardless of the COVID um, situation, they didn't give the kids back their money if they didn't purchase insurance. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, who could have planned for a pandemic? Nobody. Right. Right. So he was so crushed about that and just getting into adulthood. So it was a lot that was hitting him. So. I did notice some changes in him, but my main reason for doing Push Positivity Project is because I was remembering what it was like to be 18. And at 18, for me, I had a six-month-old newborn, and Mm -hmm. I was graduating from high school. And so realizing that my son was going through a lot of those same difficulties that Mm -hmm. I was at Mm -hmm. that time, and remembering just how resourceful I was at that age. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people don't necessarily have those types of skills. Mm -hmm. So I decided that with realizing everything that Elijah was going through and unfortunately how his immediate village Mm -hmm. didn't realize that, um, I want to have a organization where kids can just reach out to us directly Mm -hmm. if they need assistance with tutoring or if they just need therapy services or clothing closet, um, a food pantry, just resources to getting them to different Zoom meetups once a month just to talk about things that are going on in their life because it's a little bit easier for them to open up to peers and other friends mm-hmm. more so than their parents mm-hmm. about what's currently going on in their life. True. 
And so that's my big goal with starting this Push Positivity Project. I just want to have a place where youth can reach out for any type of services that they may need. They can do it. Their parents can initiate it and just kind of get into the habit of letting our community know it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. and It's okay Mm -hmm. to not know exactly what you're doing in life and there are people out there that can help you make those decisions or help you find those resources for things that we're looking for Mm -hmm. definitely one of the big things that i do want to provide with the nonprofit organization is a i guess a a bereavement fund for Mm -hmm. parents that Mm -hmm. lose children to suicide Mm -hmm. Because one of the big things is that myself and my ex-husband both had Elijah covered under life insurance. But of course, life insurance policies do not exist anymore if the cause of death is suicide. Really? They do not pay you out. I had no Mm, clue about that. I didn't know that either. That is a um, clause in most life insurance policies. If the cause of death is suicide, that eliminates you from getting any benefits. Mm. What they may do if you've had the po- the policy for, I, I feel like it's a year or two years, mm-hmm. they'll pay you X amount of dollars for however many months you've had the policy. But that's okay. it. You don't get your $100,000 or whatever it is. And um, he was on that policy just under, like a month under that stipulation so that gave them all of the clause to say yep sorry we can't we don't have to cover this your your policy isn't going to cover anything so we did everything we were supposed to as parents we had our children covered under life insurance and unfortunately with him making this decision that he made we it was not covered so we had to do a gofundme and Mm -hmm. thank goodness our friends and our friend family just uh, came through for us in the most extraordinary way so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's something that i want to be able to have so that parents don't have to do things like that because it's hard enough trying to pay for funeral expenses Mm -hmm. as is and when you're dealing with something of that magnitude that should be the furthest thing from your mind mind. right so i feel so strongly like insurance companies should have some type of waiver for kids or something that right. especially for health. especially right, for right. kids right. especially something has to be sense. taken into consideration like mm-hmm. review the whole ordeal like mm-hmm. clearly he didn't just go kill himself so me and his dad could get a hundred grand like, right come on you know, now. right it, it right. would so, seem like it would be um more plausible <laughs> if that was like an age limit thing right, for that right. that would make more sense you know because exactly. you're held to a higher standard the older you get apparently right. so right. you know younger you would be more of a liability which makes more sense absolutely you would think so we, right. should, we should open our own like insurance right. company right right <laughs> yeah, seriously seriously honestly yes. i mean with all the stuff that's going on Man, that's it makes you really think about how to take what is already in place right and make it better absolutely you know because there's so there's so many cracks in the system it really are and that is a great example because who would have thought right i had no idea until it's too late right until you have that situation literally right there in your lap and I only know it because of watching um, true crime documentaries and stuff, oh, wow. and they mention it on those. <laughs> um, but so when I okay. 
was faced with the situation, I automatically knew. I'm like, this is not going to be covered. And of course, I still did my due diligence just Mm -hmm, to see mm -hmm. what they would say. And they sent me the denial and everything. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're going to figure out a way to fix that for parents that are dealing with that. And I also just want to offer scholarships. Um, Elijah was a big theater and arts fan. He loved music. So I want to do scholarships in those areas of Mm -hmm. school. So this is, it's a lot. I have a big, big, big dream and I'm still kind of in the works of getting my website up Mm -hmm. and doing all Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely taking a lot more legwork than I was anticipating, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm still, I still keep getting these signs that I feel like are from Elijah telling me, Hey, you remember you said you were going to do this. Let's (laughs) keep doing it. So this talk and yesterday's Mm -hmm. talk definitely are my little reminders that I need to still be doing something about it. Absolutely. I have chills (laughs) as you're talking. I have to say that I have chills. I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine just what you've been through. What I mean, even though it's been some time, I know that that wound has to still be very, very fresh. You know, this is your, your son. You, you carried him and you, you brought him into this world. And so, um, well, you know, I've experienced lost. I've not experienced it to that magnitude. Yeah. And and I can say that because every loss is important to us, right? But right. Um, I feel like it's not the natural order right. of things. We have expectations yes. of right. loss order, yes. right. essentially. Yes. Right. And, and being a mother, losing a child is like the ultimate loss, you know? Oh, yeah. um, so I just... I applaud you for so many reasons. Number one, just having the strength to even have these back-to-back conversations in these last couple of days, you know. Right. Um, and I, I do agree with you that it's it's a way to honor your son and Absolutely. just keep his legacy alive, you know. Um, because while, you know, whatever he was going through felt so strong for him that he, you know, took his own life, you know, um, there's a reason, you know, and, and I know that's the last thing that you want to hear as a mother, that there's a reason, right? Right. But you, you have to, you kind of have to, you have to make it, you have to make it to where he, his story, maybe it will help someone else, you know? Absolutely. Um, And so I, you know, again, I applaud you for sharing. I applaud you for being here. And I also applaud you you know, you said something that really hits very close to home for me is that 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 life insurance piece. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. within our community, many of us Absolutely. do not have Absolutely. life insurance true. policies. True. And very true. Um, I personally know this firsthand from losing my mom. Absolutely. And when I lost my mom, I too had to hedge up a GoFundMe. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is not something that you want to do when you're grieving the loss of someone that you love, you know, um, that was, her death was very sudden. So it wasn't like your son, it wasn't something, um, that was planned for, um, she was in the hospital. She'd been in and out of the hospital for like a couple weeks and the doctors kept telling her it was like, um, a blood clot. And then they would say, you know, that it was, I think they told her that it was like uh, 
oh my goodness sake, coronary, no. They said something with her um, with heart failure, heart okay. failure. Oh, so wow. They, congestive heart congest- failure. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, they, they said it was congestive heart failure. So they went back and forth for like a couple of weeks. And then um, she went into the hospital on like a Sunday. And by, I would say, Tuesday, Wednesday, I remember talking to her on a Tuesday for a while while she was in the hospital. She hadn't told me that she checked herself back into the hospital, but she had been in the hospital for a couple of days. And she kept saying, I'm going to get out of here. And when I get out of here, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my diet. They gave me, you know, a scale and they gave me all these things and, mm-hmm. and they had put mm-hmm. her on uh, warfarin. Mm hmm. Um, and a blood thinner. Well, yep. unfortunately, it was a blood clot that they found later once it was too late. So once mm-hmm. they put her on uh, warfarin to, I guess, break then it break it up, yeah. it um, separated and it went to her brain. And so she ended up having an acute mm. um Stroke? Aneurys- aneurys- uh, no, yeah, it was a stroke. It was a stroke. Acute stroke um, like that Wednesday. So... Um, but I said all that to say that, yeah, I mean, not having life insurance and, and that wasn't something that like my parents taught us and educated us on. I mean, I think being just like a corporate employee, you know, you get a hundred thousand dollars and you, you know what I mean? You know, like, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and so knowing that now having to be faced with that and going through that, um, I applaud you so much for having that, you know, for even though, you know, it panned out the way it did, at least you had that in place. And um, it's important for people to know that how important it is to have life insurance and have, um, you know, these policies in place and these uh, arrangements, no matter how old or young, you know, how healthy or not you might be, because that's the thing about death is yeah. you never know when right. it's coming your way right. and um, it is the inevitable Absolutely. and you do want to be prepared so that, you know, while you're grieving, that is the it's money shouldn't be. Process. Yeah. It's an easier Absolutely. process for sure. Why do you think our parents never really talked to us about that stuff or emphasized how that important That was something is? I was thinking about while you were talking about what happened with your dad. It's that helicopter parenting. It's all these things that don't get discussed to kids. Mm-hmm. It's we don't discuss this in front of children, mm-hmm. but those are definitely the conversations that need to start being had right. when mom and dad are sick or if there's anything going on. Yeah, it's uncomfortable and it's scary, mm-hmm. but you can't let it get to that point and now all of a sudden it's just thrown in the face right right right, right. I, i'd definitely rather have my child um children for that matter be prepared absolutely mm-hmm. and be aware you know, of things. right and absolutely. and that's the biggest thing not even be prepared necessarily because you never can prepare yourself no. for the worst right. you know but to be aware is a whole nother ball game yeah absolutely. i also think it's just a a lack of knowledge. education yeah mm-hmm. a, a lack of knowledge because you know, even with like at home, even after all of that. So we actually had my mom pass away. Um, it'll be six years this November. And right after she passed away, my nephew passed away like a week later. And then my husband's grandmother passed away. And all of that loss, (laughs) I remember saying to him, Hey, we need to really think about Mm -hmm. like our 
afterlife arrangements mm-hmm. and and you know do you want to be cremated do you right. want to be buried yeah. like yeah, all of that matters. you know and i remember him saying no i don't i don't want to talk about that i don't want to we're not doing that i'm too young as far as i'm concerned <laughs> and it was just so again people deal with it differently yeah. and for True. him yes his grandmother passed away but he got the opportunity he was prepared because they right. knew for some time that she was going to be going right. right and she had um dementia okay oh, so wow. that's what she passed away from and she had lived a long prosperous life right, right? Mm-hmm. so right. i think while he was sad and grieving her it wasn't like a sudden like right. someone just ripped right. away from you you right. know so his thought process was like well, she's older and I still have time and we don't need to be thinking about that. And you're just kind of freaking out. Whereas I'm like, my mom was 54 years old. Like she wasn't old. She still had a very (laughs) long life. Exactly. And then my nephew, a lot like your son, was 19, 19 years old. So it's like you... Nobody knows. I think the Bible even says no man know at the time nope. or the hour, you Not know, where it pertains to where <clears throat> Jesus is coming back for us. But we also don't know when that right. death angel is coming exactly. for us, you know. So you 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 definitely need to be prepared, people. Absolutely. So that's so the moral of that story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so so would you say um do you believe that there are stages of grief? Me personally, I'm trying to figure out um what term i really want to use i don't feel like there's stages necessarily i feel like grief is almost to a certain extent it has its own love language Mm -hmm. because just going through it myself I need to talk about Elijah. I love to talk about Elijah. I love right. to see pictures of him. Right. And I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because those memories just feel like they're fading mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So well, for me, it's almost like a memory and recollection is kind of my love language with grief. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps me process. Mm-hmm. Um, my sons, one of them... For a while, he didn't want to see any pictures of him. He didn't want to talk about him at mm-hmm. all. And mm-hmm. so I understood and I told him, okay, well, then that's your love language and how you want to deal with your grief. And mm-hmm. we will respect that. We mm-hmm. won't force you to talk about him. That's we good. won't mm-hmm. do any of that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's, that's what I keep telling them. I'm like, none of us have experienced a loss this monumental. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We've lost their grandparents over the years and we've lost other family members and they understood death, but now having it be their best friend and mm-hmm. their big brother mm-hmm. it's it's a whole new ball game for them right. so Absolutely. we are definitely dealing with it um going through the stages of grief and kind of listen listening to what they identify them as i wouldn't say that i've gone through all of those stages okay um de- denial is just not one that exists for me i'm like right. this it happened there's there's no denying that there's Mm -hmm. no bargaining Mm -hmm. this is reality i can't Mm -hmm. even have the thought of trade me for him or any this is what it is Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it automatically is acceptance and 
healing for mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out my own term for it. But I was telling a friend of mine that I feel grief definitely has love languages. And I feel like that is something that they could further, I guess, um, and look into or something like that. Just like they say, the five stages of grief. Okay, well, let's figure out what the five, the love languages of grief are. So then that way you know how to help somebody and approach them when they are grieving. Right. I love that. I think it's it's a great way to spin it because grief has such a negative connotation to it and i think some of those actions or emotions that you feel while you're grieving to to someone that has never been there they don't understand it Mm. and it can come across very negative absolutely you know Um, or insensitive absolutely right 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 right. but again you people if you've not experienced it i almost feel like someone that hasn't experienced death Mm -hmm. really should tread lightly and Mm -hmm. i really feel like they you know most, most definitely. That they, don't, they forget their manners. Is what yeah, this is, yeah, they yeah do. this is definitely they true. Like, who raised you? Yeah. Your humanity yeah. and everything. Yeah. Just your yes. whole morale. Yeah. It's yes. really like ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I love how you said, you know, the love languages because everybody receives love, receives love and gives love or shows love differently. Right. Exactly. And ultimately, God is love. Right. And so even in spite of that grief, while you may be angry, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, 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 you're angry for so many reasons. Right. right? But that doesn't take away from who you are, are as a person. Right. And so for someone else to kind of form their own negative opinion about Absolutely. what someone is going through, or how they're handling or how they're Absolutely. handling grief is pretty crazy absolutely and, you know absolutely. and it's, it's it's ballsy in my opinion absolutely. so i always one of them when with when he gets upset i'm like hey if you want to punch something cool mm-hmm. we'll get you a punching bag mm-hmm. just don't punch my wall yeah so oh, yeah we yeah. have to work with that because that's that. his way to get out of his aggression mm-hmm. so i don't want to stifle him mm-hmm. because you need to get that that frustration out, out. Mm-hmm. we're just gonna figure out a positive way for you to do yes. that and not in mama's house yes. <laughs> how long did it take you to realize that mm. when, when in your and your other children you know to to identify with that and know that that's needed and you mm-hmm. don't want to stifle that yeah for me it was kind of right away um I just didn't get to address it because I wasn't local. Mm -hmm. So Elijah, when he passed away, he was in Texas and Mm -hmm. we don't know why he was in Texas, but he was driving through Texas. Mm -hmm. And so I, at that time was living in Florida. And so after everything happened, I wanted to be closer to my kids here in Arizona, but I didn't want to be in Arizona right away because I knew that that was going to be too traumatic for me to right. come back mm-hmm. at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we moved to Vegas. We're a little bit closer. I can just drive down and see the kids as much as I want to. I can be more involved. Right. And so from Vegas, I was communicating with my ex-husband and my older two boys lived with him. 
my younger two boys were living with me. So I have five boys all together. Elijah was my oldest. Some troops. (laughs) Yeah, I I met you when your boys were all little and you hadn't had the two younger ones No, I only had the older three at that time. Yeah, so... I had two that were living here in Arizona and two that were with me in Vegas. And my ex-husband was, at that point, our our baby boy has passed away. So we've kind of been relying heavily on each other because mm-hmm. at this point, my husband is wonderful. He's being completely supportive and phenomenal. But the only person in the world that knows how I feel exactly is Mm -hmm. his dad. Mm -hmm. So we were just kind of being very supportive to each other. And he was keeping me in the loop about the older two boys that were still home with him. And Joseph was breaking up electronics. He was punching doors. Mm. Him and his brother were just constantly arguing and fighting. Uh And I just realized, okay, this is him getting out his grief. He's angry. He's frustrated. So then when I moved back to Arizona, we had posters left over from Elijah's memorial service. And I have one of them framed, his graduation picture. It's in my living room. And then I had two other ones that I didn't want to um, try and hang them around the house because I'm like, I already have a big picture to mm-hmm. him. So <laughs> let's not let's not overdo it. Um, so I gave both of his brothers one to have for their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And Joseph had put his in his closet and he had it turned facing the wall. So he could not see the picture at all. Mm. And then I had noticed he had decorated his room. He put up posters and everything in his room. So I'm like, okay, he does not want to see pictures of him right now. So okay. I just kind of processed that on my own. And that's when I would have that conversation with him. I'm like, listen, I know at your dad's house, you were having a little bit of a hard time. You get angry. You don't exactly know why you're angry more than likely that's your grief hitting Mm -hmm. you you might Mm -hmm. be thinking about your brother during that time you may even be pissed off at him Mm -hmm. and that's okay Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm kind of pissed at him too Mm -hmm. and i'm just letting him know whatever it is that you're thinking whatever it is that you're going through right now it's normal and i can't tell you that it's not normal because however you handle this is how you need to handle this Mm -hmm. but we're going to find healthy ways to get that out as Mm -hmm. well. So Mm -hmm. we've definitely been working on that. Um, Joshua, my 17 year old, he's a lot more vocal. So if he's having a hard time, like yesterday, I was on my way to therapy appointment with Joseph and Josh called me and he's mom, I need to talk. I'm like, um, I can't talk right now, but (laughs) you can text me and I promise you I'll get right back to you. Mm -hmm. So, he definitely calls me and lets me know when he's having a rough time, when he's yeah. thinking about his brother. They both go to Chandler High School, which mm. is where he graduated from. So that in and of itself is traumatic for them, mm-hmm. right. especially mm-hmm. Josh, because they went together for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I commend you for that. You know, <laughs> just just knowing how to um, identify within yourself and um just keeping things in moderation with your own grief and respecting your children's grief. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to always compromise, Yeah, you know, when it comes <laughs> to that. And that's something that was not really taught to us. Mm-mm. And uh, our parents didn't necessarily show us. Mm-hmm. But that is so important. Um, when I when I started having children, 
that's one of the many things I thought about, you know, just I signed up to put you first Mm -hmm. forever. Absolutely. It's literally that no matter what goes on, no matter what happens. And, you know, I I think about those things just in case of any reason, just to always try and stay grounded Mm -hmm. and not let myself get ahead of myself Mm-hmm. and put myself first because <laughs> I'm going to eventually pass as well. And my child may be here long after me, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to be stuck or just SOL Absolutely. and trying to figure it all the way out and not having any teaching, yeah. you know, and walking away with anything Absolutely. when there was uh, an obvious moment to teach and learn something from that, mm-hmm. you know, because who knows when they grow up and have children, it could happen. Something Absolutely. else could happen. Yeah. And I don't want them to not know how to navigate have those tools. You know, Absolutely. like there's no telling you. You might have the whole um, regimen down and, and know everything that you might need to do in that moment in time. But that moment in time can happen and everything else can go left or right. You just never know. Change but but for it. a fact, if you do have something there to work with, mm-hmm. I know you can always come back to this. And have that to, to go from versus just having nothing. Have to that go off foundation. Of. Yeah, Absolutely. you gotta have that. Yeah. And I really commend you for that because that's not easy. That's that's definitely been something that prior to Elijah, I've been kind of on this childhood trauma healing journey myself. So right. with right. what happened with my son, it definitely put a lot of things into perspective for me and gave me the insight that I have been living in survival mom mode my entire life. And Mm. one of the things that you said in regards to your mom really resonated to me is that it's okay to be soft and you don't always have to be this hard mom. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of black moms, we just Mm -hmm. are born that, not Mm -hmm. necessarily born that way, but we are essentially trained that way mm-hmm. and we are yeah. brought up mm-hmm. that way the and environment that's definitely is what that. we see is just mom being strong independent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even if we're not angry we have so much going on in our hearts and in our mm-hmm. minds that we have taken care of that it comes across very angry and mm-hmm. very um, mad black woman angry right. black woman type right, right, right. situation so right now over the last few years I've been trying to do a lot of self-healing and being the mom that I needed at their age mm, that's good. so that's essentially good. that's what we had been working through and that is I think one of the biggest pieces peace um, one of the biggest things that brings me peace in regards to all that's happened with my son because he saw that growth mm-hmm. and that change in me. I love that. That's how you break generational curses. Yeah. Absolutely. He saw that. that in me before he passed and we got our moment um, because I got, I had, to, I, he went out to Texas um, <laughs> and did not tell me and his dad that he was going out there to buy his first vehicle with his uh, grandparents. Okay. And so he gets out there, his grandpa takes him, they buy a car, he's super excited. And then his grandpa's like, oh yeah, by the way, um, 
I can't take you back home to Arizona until next week. You're going to have to stay here because his grandmother was having open heart surgery and he didn't know. So he gets out to Texas and all of a sudden, oh, you're going to have to stay an extra week. And he was not planning on doing that. Mm. So at this time, I'm still living in Florida and he calls me and he's panicking. He's like, mom, I have to work. Like, I can't just stay here. My boss isn't going to (laughs) accept me just not coming back to work. Right. Okay. And I say, you know, what? I'm on my way. So that night I got a flight out to Texas. Texas. Mm. I picked him up. We drove back to Arizona and I, he ended up dropping me off at the airport and I went right back to Florida. Like this was a whole 24 hour trip wow. for me. But during our road trip, he got to express a lot of things that him coming into being an adult, he noticed mm. and he understood about me and about, unfortunately, my divorce with his dad and everything of that nature. And even in the coming months after that, he had called me and he's like, mom, after living with my dad and living with my grandma, he's like, I understand you so much more. And he's like, I am so proud of you for leaving and focusing on taking care of you the way Mm -hmm. that you did. Mm -hmm. And that just gave me, I cried. I'm Mm -hmm. like, thank Mm -hmm. you for understanding. And so now with dealing in the aftermath of this, the last day that I saw him was the day after Mother's Day. He came up to New York, um, Mother's Day 2021. I got to spend the weekend with him. And that Monday I dropped him and Joseph off at the airport. And I just stood there and watched them until they walked through TSA and I couldn't see them anymore. And that was the last time that I saw him. And he passed away about three and a half weeks later. Wow. During that time, he had called me and he's like, I love you so much. And I understand Mm -hmm. what you've been dealing with. And Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of you. And Mm -hmm. that just gave me so much peace in my heart for all of the shortcomings that I knew that I had as a young mom, everything Mm -hmm. that I was learning about myself now that I had been in survival mode for so long that Mm -hmm. I wasn't nurturing and I wasn't Mm -hmm. soft and I wasn't that sit down and let me show you how to do it. Mom, Mm -hmm. I expected my kids to know it. I learned from family matters and step by step (laughs) and full house. Like y'all shouldn't know how to do this. Right. And it wasn't that way. I, one of the things that Elijah had told me is that he didn't know how to skate. Oh wow! And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) we did not get outside and teach these kids how to skate. Like Mm -hmm. luckily they knew how to ride bikes, but just the basic things of nurturing I missed out on because I was that provider mom. I was working two Mm -hmm. jobs and Mm -hmm. full-time hours during the week and on the weekend and I am definitely trying to do things differently with my four boys that Mm -hmm. than what we did with Elijah. So like I said, I get to work from home. So that definitely gives me the opportunity to be way more involved with them and Mm -hmm. everything that they have going on, being able to get them into therapy and be aware of everything that it is that they're needing, be more aware of their cries for attention their changes in their personality, just Mm -hmm. focusing on anything that I see differently with them and not being so hyper-focused on the corporate world. And essentially that's what my life was. So it sounds to me like um, when you look back at it, 
it's more like um, you see the signs more in yourself that you probably missed or didn't pay close attention to at that time, you know, versus seeing it. I don't want to say that I didn't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. I'd say you don't know what you don't know. Right. So Mm -hmm. being a young mom and watching my mom grow up Mm -hmm. and being a provider Mm -hmm. in my head, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. The kids have a nice house. They have food. They're going to school. They have clean clothes. They have the stupid video games they wanted. (laughs) They have all their toys. And it didn't occur to me that there were so many things like sitting down and reading a book with them or sitting down and just playing toys or a card game. My husband is so great about sitting down playing goldfish with the Mm -hmm. kids. And I'm just, I'm kind of taken back by it because I wasn't that kid that had an imagination. I was always very serious and this is what it is. I would read novel books and I didn't have that play in me. Mm -hmm. So as a mom, Mm -hmm. I didn't have that nurturing play or Mm -hmm. give that to my kids. And I realize it now. So now I do a monthly calendar and I schedule in our family night. Like we're going to play Uno on Wednesday night (laughs) so that I can be more aware and get into a consistency of doing it to give them that exposure. Because luckily for me, I had a Valley Big Brother, Big Sister. I was part of the Valley Big Brother, Big Sister program. And my Big Sister was amazing. And she exposed me to a lot of things that we did not have in the community. She took me hiking. She took me to the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. She did all of this stuff that I would have never had exposure to. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to tap back into what she did with me and bring that back to the forefront because I realized she played a huge part in my life. And she was actually a older white lady from New York. (laughs) (laughs) I loved her to death, but Oh, so much of what she showed me is so taboo in our community because mm-hmm. a lot of things that are geared to helping us hiking is self-care and right. reading a book right. is Absolutely. self-care right right we're told that's white people stuff mm-hmm. so we don't we're led to believe it yeah we know. And we don't know what we don't we know we don't know what we, what don't, we don't know, know. and i'm like actually me reading more gave me a great vocabulary <laughs> and <laughs> right. me learning how to do di- go camping i can now share that experience with my kids so mm-hmm. i'm definitely trying to break a lot of those barriers those things that are trauma induced type of things Mm -hmm. and make sure that like i said my kids have the mom that they definitely deserve and the mom that i needed and hopefully we can avoid something this tragic again right right you know i think you know it's very cliche to say but it is something that is said right and that god never puts more on us than we can handle i thought you were gonna say god moves in mysterious ways oh. I, I swear i was like if she says what i think she's gonna say right now then i know right? but that's true that's very um, true and just listening to you talk mm-hmm. you know i know that again it's not what you want to hear right but there's a greater purpose Absolutely. in 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 all of this Absolutely. and it became your burden to bear mm-hmm. because you're built for it and and then you have four beautiful boys that now you get to do do it over yeah. right mm-hmm. Absolutely. and a lot of 
what you're and you can do it differently right and a lot of what you've said today has resonated with me also because me as well i also was a young parent and a mother of a boy um and you know i didn't get another opportunity i don't have multiple chances to do it over right and so every day i kind of in the back of my head i think to myself man i really 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 pray that my kid turns out okay and i really really pray that you know he doesn't make the same mistakes that i made or that my or that his dad made um because like we've already talked about I wasn't the softest mom. <laughs> I didn't know how to be a soft mom, you know? Right, so, exactly. and I say I wasn't soft in the, in, in the terms of like, I was a yeller, yes, you know, I was yes, always that, yelling. I deal with that. Absolutely. Always yelling. You know, always yelling. <laughs> but, always yelling. <laughs> but you know what though? Oh, like she said, he had a home. Yes. He had a clean home. He yeah. had a nice home. He had food in the refrigerator. I went to work every day. That was my Absolutely. that was my concern. Is you know being in in the corporate checking world, checking off our list checking off of those, our exactly making what sure we're supposed that to have. He never had to ride the bus, or right. that he didn't have to worry about like where his next meal was gonna come from. You know, he he played all the sports, and you know, so in my mind, I didn't necessarily have all of that growing Absolutely. up. So. In my mind, I thought, okay, well, I'm giving him a way better life than than I had, had. you know. So now I know that children don't need you to be a perfect mom. No, not at all. They need you to be an active mom. Yep. And they need you to be present, and they need you to nurture them, and they need you to spend time with them. And that time, and that nurture, and that care goes so much further Absolutely. than any yep. video game yep. any you know any trip they could have yep. taken it's you true. know um that's 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 the truth of the matter okay. you know I, I used to ask my mom sometime like mom why you, why you can't be like tj's mom sometimes <laughs> you know why you can't be like craig's mom you know old school traditional moms right. are like well i'm your mom you know? <laughs> Who else you want me to be? Because I ain't them, you know. They they yep. hit you with that. Yep. But it was just like, look, I don't want you to really be their mom. But sometime, give me that leniency. Give me that nurture that I see. It's not like I'm mm-hmm. not seeing mm-hmm. it. These are my friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as my parents, I would definitely want you to have the biggest influence. Mm-hmm. It would make sense. But, you know, your friends are going to be there. And they're going to be a really big influence Absolutely. on you. Because you'll definitely open up to them before you open up to your parents. But... Mm-hmm. Um, as a parent, I'm trying to beat the friends to the punch <laughs> because I need to know. Yeah, you but know sure. what I would say to both of you guys, and I, I wonder: is there a difference mm-hmm. in our parenting when it comes to boys versus girls? Most definitely, because you were a, a boy mom. Completely, you're a boy mom. <laughs> I was. A, I'm a boy mom. You're you're a girl dad, right? Oh, and, yeah. and while your mom may have raised three. Girls, four, four, four girls, girls before you, four. four girls before you. Um, she was hard on you for a reason. This is and true. I think in our community, it goes without saying that a lot of times we are harder on our boys Absolutely. because we come from a community where our fathers were absent. You know, the, the black men in the community were in prison or they were on drugs or, you know, all kinds of negative things that we saw, I think, being raising black 
men, Boy. right? Mm-hmm. Boys um, into men. I think those scary thoughts run through our head. And so it's kind of and like, we, we got to be hard. Yeah, we yes. got to be hard. Absolutely. We got to teach you to thrive in society yes. and not be a stereotype and that kind of thing, you know? And, and that's true. That that goes without saying. Um, but it has to be done, uh, I think, in moderation as well. And with love. Right, and with, with love. love. And, yeah. and, and, and with in love. moderation. You know, because as um, as as a, a man that was once a boy just only having his mom, um, I was looking at my dad being gone as now I got to fill the shoes in mm-hmm. this house mm-hmm. as the man. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mom even asked me, like, how would you feel if I wanted to remarry? You know, I remember telling her straight to her face, like, <laughs> no, nah, that ain't, that ain't going to work out, champ. <laughs> it's not going to work out, champ. I don't know what to tell you. And at that time, baby boy had just came out. Right. You know, think about Bing Rang standing <laughs> in the no. damn kitchen. I'm like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll have to hurt him if he does this. So, no. But, you know, um, that puts some pressure on us as boys turning into men as well because if you've seen um your mom struggle mm-hmm. you know um you you're thinking of a way to get her up out of that mm-hmm. so in turn you will always look at it like you're being her mom but it's kind of like almost being her man you know and you don't want that to yeah. be the case you always want to be the son, the son. right you yeah, know right. period you always want that to be your son and then even in our community some women have that tendency to kind of push that boy push that, into that man role exactly. you know mm-hmm. as her man when that's not mm-hmm. what should be happening mm-hmm. it should always be that boundary there to know hey look you my son and this has to be done in moderation mm-hmm. with love mm-hmm. with care concern you know so that it's not so much stress and pressure on you mm-hmm. but also not as much stress and pressure on him because you want that that boy to turn into a man and thrive as a man mm-hmm you know, Absolutely. and never get stuck in that cycle. And and that's really a vicious cycle after it really starts. If it's not done correctly, mm-hmm. it's toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of cases and scenarios yeah, like that boy right was now. A prime example. Yeah. Prime example. Right. Right. Wasn't it? Hello. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, like <laughs> we, we really don't want that to happen, mm-hmm. you know, we anymore. Have so many different parallels, I guess, of, trauma right growing up right they all start to intertwine Mm -hmm. so one of the things that you were saying about um just kind of teaching them to be men and Mm -hmm. at a point you they feel like they have to step up and take that role we as parents have to make sure to not put that burden on the children Mm -hmm. and unfortunately in our community that does not happen you do become especially if you're an older child in the family you become a second parent to your sibling you do you become Mm -hmm. that caregiver oh yeah and it's a big burden on them Mm -hmm. so that was something that i also tried to not do but Mm -hmm. at the same time having to work and provide i'm like well, I have a babysitter at home. And right, right. in a way, my I feel like Elijah was so wise beyond his youth because there's so many different things, so many lessons that he taught me. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that he told me, he's like, Mom, it's not very fun coming out to your house because you're always 
in bed or you're tired and you don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's not fun for us. He's Mm -hmm. like, I could be at my friend's house or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that was years ago. And I understood that it sucked hearing it as a mom, Mm -hmm. but I've always been that mom that I'm going to hear what they have to say. And even if I don't like it and it makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or if it makes me cry, I'm going to let them say what they have to say because that wasn't a luxury that was afforded to me. Respect. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't get an opportunity to talk about my feelings or yeah. if I was frustrated with my mom. She didn't care. No. <laughs> you can go in that room until you don't have an attitude anymore. <laughs> that part. <laughs> so I definitely tried to give that to my kids. Let's talk about what you're feeling. Let's talk about what's going on so that they don't feel that way. And one of the other things that he struggled with is because we protected them so much from Mm -hmm. how we grew up and how we were raised, we essentially did do a disservice to them because they didn't know how to catch the bus or just do these little Mm -hmm. independent things Things. that he felt at 18, 19 years old, he should know how to do that. And I'm just like you're right we mm-hmm. we shielded you so much from that that we actually did do you a disservice so mm-hmm. and it really sucks too especially in this day and time when it's you're like, trying so hard to do oh your best gosh. and you're like i just screwed that it, all up yeah because you because you want to see your child you want to see your children grow up and do a lot of the things that you did and more and more you and know just you want okay. them to be better yes. oh yeah yes. most definitely than who you are most exactly. definitely and have you everything yep. you didn't, didn't have, have. right and mm-hmm. Most do everything definitely. you couldn't do and we end up missing so many of the valuable lessons that we did learn because of who our parents were yeah. so, right 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 right. that's true <laughs> it's hard true. you kind of have to take and pick from the different generations of mm-hmm. what you want to take mm-hmm. from big mama what mm-hmm. you want to take from your parents mm-hmm. oh yeah and then develop your own style because everything is changing right. so much that right. we can't keep yep. it that way. Right. Absolutely. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just about it's finding hard. balance. It's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yep. But once once you find that balance, you know, you'll be it, in there. oh yeah, yeah. you'll be in there. Yeah. It's not going to be the easiest. No. No. You know, and sometimes it'll even become imbalanced at, at times. Being but. a parent, I would have to say, is the hardest job most you definitely ever have. most it's definitely harder than going to work <laughs> like definitely. it is 24 7 it's 24 you don't turn they don't off. care if you're exactly. tired <laughs> and it's 2 30 in the morning yep. he has I, to throw up i'm oh, learning right. that right now <laughs> right. i learned right. that right now yep. so it's definitely a big responsibility and mm-hmm. one that i wish we were definitely more educated on in our youth it's i i remember taking child development and i remember talking about cognitive and behavioral development but never knew how it would apply to my children later Mm -hmm. on and i'm like oh okay well now his fine motor skills are actually kind of out of whack because we didn't do this this and that (laughs) right (laughs) it's like well i feel like it doesn't come with a it doesn't come with a handbook no you know and it's something that you just learn as you go as you go um and unfortunately for a lot of us the younger we are the the least ready we are, right? right? And so even though as even older parents will say, I don't think you're ever really ready, right? Because right? it doesn't come with a handbook. But when you are young and you're inexperienced and you only know what you know, you're already setting yourself up for, yeah. you know, kind right. of- took 10 steps back. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, we're almost at time, but I do want to say, you know, 
to you, Juanita, um, how do you think the loss of your son has strengthened your family? I, I don't, I feel like Elijah definitely essentially was trying to get us to be closer, Mm -hmm. to realize, hey, no matter what y'all have going on, because Mm -hmm. at the time of his passing, me and a lot of my siblings, we don't talk. Mm -hmm. I can go weeks and months without talking to them. Mm -hmm. And that kind of fueled what happened with him because Mm -hmm. we all noticed that there was something wrong with him. We noticed Mm -hmm. that he was different. We noticed that he wasn't taking care of his hygiene. We all noticed Mm -hmm. all these things, Mm -hmm. but because our adult problems and our pettiness were so much more important, Mm -hmm. none of us reached out to each other to say, hey, check in on him. Something doesn't Mm -hmm. seem quite right. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it has definitely made me be more aware and just say, you know what? I don't have time to hold these grudges, to have this family drama. I'm going to try my best to just heal from what we've gone through and we all figure out how we can be closer and build together now to Mm -hmm. especially support each other in this because I get a lot of I think that's every time it does this, I'm like, that's him being <laughs> troublemaker. Because this is my urn pendant and it has oh, his fingerprint on it. So I'm wonderful. like, every time something happens, that's mm. him saying, Hey mom, <laughs> being a pain. <laughs> but um it's definitely helped us to try and start being closer as a family mm-hmm. and to put all of that pettiness to the side and just start doing those family traditions mm-hmm. and being more involved with each other. Like I said, his birthday's next month. So his first birthday after he passed, his day of trans his spiritual transition, we celebrated in June, June first. We're gonna celebrate his birthday again this year. Nice. So that is something that I plan on keep continuing to do. If he was still here, we would still be celebrating his birthday every year in the physical that. form. So mm-hmm. we'll continue to celebrate his birthday and just trying to get out the message that it's okay to not know what you're doing as a parent and it's okay to reach out and ask for help and rely on your community and if you don't have a community if you don't have a village we definitely need to start building them because Mm -hmm. it is so important you single moms single dads whatever the situation is we all need help and especially supporting our children and making sure that somebody out there is looking out for them when we can't be absolutely would you if you had to do it all over again and you said that there were signs that you noticed that you you know thought he's not okay what would you do differently i would have probably made him come um back to florida with me from new york that whole weekend i was I was actually very irritated with him Mm. because of noticing such a personality change in him. Mm -hmm. Um, He was like looking in the mirror and talking to himself and he was, wasn't taking a shower. And I'm just like, what's wrong with this kid? Like, why is he being so weird? Mm -hmm. And never in a million years would that have crossed my mind. I'm just like, he's just 
being a little jerk right now mm-hmm. and whatever. But I definitely would have asked him to come back to Florida with me or I would have had a difficult conversation with my husband about moving back to Arizona okay. because I tell my older two boys now it hurts. It hurts so bad to be here mm-hmm. without him 16 months mm-hmm. later and to be back in this state and know that essentially this is what he would have wanted. Mm-hmm. He would have wanted me to be here in my happy, healthy state mm-hmm. and have his dad and his brothers all in the same state. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I feel like there's so many different things that I could have done. When he reached out to me about how to do a resume, I was working because I worked my full-time job during the week and then I worked on the weekend. So I was in the middle of work and he's like, mom, how do I do a resume? And I sent him the shortest brief text. I'm like, oh, you just (laughs) sell yourself, kiddo. You just put all your good qualities on there. And that was it. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, I'm like, maybe I should have just got on a Zoom and showed him my resume Mm -hmm. and asked him Mm -hmm. what he what his look like. And let me take a look at it and let's let's go through this together. So it definitely keeps giving me that reminder of take a moment there mm-hmm. is nothing in this world that is more, more important, important that than absolutely. my kids at that moment that absolutely uh, i've learned that in life right there that uh mm-hmm. opportunity isn't given yeah. it's taken mm-hmm. it is the craziest thing to to fathom and, and accept sometimes but it's definitely necessary oh yeah and i was a big believer of my job, I don't want to get in trouble. I can't call out. I can't be late. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kid has a play. Um, I won't be here. <laughs> yeah, that's and that. That's pretty it, much you, where yeah, it's going. That. Yeah, once you experience loss to that degree, so monumental, like you mentioned before, um, it changes your thought process oh, yeah. completely. <laughs> Everything you used to think, it goes out the door. Out the window. You know, My sense of you, humor's changed. Yeah. Well, and you, I think you realize just how quickly mm-hmm. life happens. Yep. People are literally here one day and gone the next. Absolutely. And when you really wrap your head around that, you will take life so much more seriously you will value it so much more Mm -hmm. you will take the time to take Mm -hmm. those moments Mm -hmm. you understand what self-care looks like um you know you red flags are no longer just like oh i'm gonna just act like i don't (laughs) No, you're gonna take action quicker um it's gonna be just a little thing yeah and it's unfortunate that it takes something so big Big, yeah to to change your entire thought process but if if it hadn't right Right. it it would make you wonder well what's wrong with that person that they haven't changed their thought process right 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 right. absolutely do you Juanita have any words of encouragement or wisdom or recommendations that you would share with anyone else that has experienced the loss of a child i definitely do so for that i say be kind to yourself Mm. that is the Mm. most important part of this process um i kind of went into autopilot mode when it first happened Mm -hmm. 
and I had to get my baby taken care of. This is my reality. Mm-hmm. So just like we do, I'm going to handle this. Right. And mm-hmm. I handled right. it. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, you're so strong. And I'm dying inside, mm-hmm. but I have to handle this. So mm. be kind to yourself. Because immediately after I got back home from um, Arizona to Florida, I was in the hospital for almost a week mm-hmm. because I was dehydrated and mm-hmm. I had a diverticulitis flare up to where I they put me on a clear liquid diet for like five days. I couldn't mm-hmm. eat any solids. Like I had so much inflammation and infection in my stomach because of not taking care of my body because mm-hmm. of what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So right. definitely be kind to yourself. Um, take it step by step minute by minute some days mm-hmm. because I can be having a great conversation and be hysterically in tears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. minutes later. So take it minute by minute and find your support and your tribe to lean on. Mm. Definitely utilize them. It's it's hard reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I'm having a bad day, mm. but just saying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm take such a weight off of your chest mm-hmm. just to say hey i am not okay today right. and hearing somebody say that's okay mm-hmm. it is okay not to be okay yeah, exactly you know exactly. But I think we worry about being judged all the time <laughs> you, you know, know. have to be and, heroes and, and especially in our community right Again, right mental health and <laughs> gotta be raw mental illnesses is just not something that we've ever really been very transparent about right and it's so taboo as you said earlier it's white people stuff yeah. to seek therapy yes. and to talk about our problems right. when in reality it's Healthy. It's healthy. <laughs> very it teaches healthy. you no, communication exactly. oh, yeah. skills. Most definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Most definitely. Yeah. So that's yeah. definitely my advice. And what we touched on earlier, just be kind. When yeah. you see somebody having an unexpected loss, when you see someone grieving, when you know somebody's going through something, reach out to them. Even just a, hey, you were on my mind mm-hmm. or something so simple. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't ask how it happened. <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm so <laughs> glad you touched on that because uh-huh. everybody says that. Yeah. That is. Oh, my gosh. I could not <laughs> believe it. It blew my mind. I mean, it's wild. I feel like as a human response, you're naturally going to be curious. Right. You see somebody mm-hmm. passed away. Oh, no. What happened? They you don't died. ask them, right? <laughs> they died. You don't. You don't go and inbox them. So that one of the worst thing that happened, my sister actually had a coworker inbox her and ask, "Hey, what happened? Did it happen at your mom's house? What was going on?" And my that's sister's just like, nosy. "That's too much. At that's that point, that's, that's way too nosy. much. Yeah. That's and way too much." And my sister's even like, "I can't even believe you're inboxing me about this." And she's like, "Well, you inbox me all the time about work stuff." Works. That's stuff. not even right. the same shit. Right. That is exactly what she said. Wow. She's like, you message me all the time about work stuff, and wow. I'm like, can you please give me her information? I'm calling HR. <laughs> you, I was livid. I'm yeah. like, I'm calling HR. Yeah. This is inappropriate. You, you ma'am, yeah. you ma'am are um, what we like to call, you know, a jackass. Yeah. But you ma'am have embarrassed probably your family and everybody else that you know. Um, you have no class and no decency i'm gonna need you to take some time and (laughs) get it together please that's those that is definitely my advice just be kind i will say 
to that point, I agree with you. Right. I agree with you that you do need to be kind. You need to be empathetic yes. and, right. and try to find some sense of decency within yourself to not allow your human yes. nature to want to you get know, intrude and get yes. all the details. I have been guilty of that. And I think, again, when you've not experienced death yeah. and you don't, you don't know until you know, I, I had someone pass away that I, I wouldn't say I was super close with them, but I was close enough to them. Um, and they too committed suicide. And so my natural instinct was to want to know right. what happened. Yeah. Right. And I think I wasn't so much as being nosy as I was so like clue. Right. I just, right. I was right. just at a loss of like, I could, I couldn't even wrap my head around how I had just seen this girl. Right. And she seemed so fine and so normal. And then you're kind of like, wait a minute, what? Wait, what? She did what? Why yes. would she do that? Yes. Why would she do that? You know? And now I know, like, I'm just kind of like, you You just, you don't ask that. Like, you don't. At the end no. of the I take day, all that stuff to my husband away. first. I'm like, this you know? is my question that I <laughs> yeah. know I can't go ask somebody right. else. So right. let me say it to you. Let me get yes. my filter cleared out yep. before I say something that's not politically yep. correct. Yep. Yeah. That's good. So I love that you said that. Yes. 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 For those good. of you out that's there good. that have don't never ask. experienced loss, right. <laughs> please don't ask anyone <laughs> how they died. If Just you... know that they passed away and they're right. no longer Send here. Send your condolences yes. and leave Absolutely. it at that. Yep. And right. don't judge people for yes. how they grieve right. or how they choose to process their love language in grief right lost right at the end of the day everybody has their own process and what that looks like may not look like the same for the next person very true we just sat here and we've talked to three different people that have all experienced loss in different ways and we've all processed it differently and are still processing it like you said you know there are days where you can be totally fine and you know, break down <laughs> into tears. Right. And people that have not gone through that may say, oh my God, she's not over it yet. What the hell do you mean? <laughs> you know? And um, I had someone say to me, yeah, you're doing this GoFundMe. You gotta, you gotta make sure you, you know, ask people right now before they forget or before it becomes old news. And it's like, yikes. <laughs> you know, that's such an insensitive thing to yeah, say because I'm like, I lost my mother. I lost the woman that brought me into this world. You still have your mother. You know, I can't. Yes, I'm 37, but Mm -hmm. there are days when I want to call my mom. mom. I do, you know, and it's like, and I can't do that. And so it's just, you know, just being aware, right? And understanding and just like, just when you don't know what to say it is oh while it's okay to not be okay it's also okay not to say anything at right. all right, right, right. <laughs> you know and rather than say that, the wrong thing yes yeah. it's so it, it's okay not to say anything and right. you can even say i don't know I how don't know to help to you i don't yes. know what to say i don't know how to help but you I'm sorry. but i'm right. sorry right. exactly mm-hmm. exactly there's nothing you can say in that moment to right. to reverse it or right. make it better that's right. just exactly. what it is it is what it is you know yeah and it's the inevitable and everybody will leave this earth at some right. point in time. Right. Um, and that's the only thing that is guaranteed. Absolutely. Prayer, absolutely. Prayers up for everyone who uh, who lost someone yes. close. Yep. Whether yep. it be a child, or, you know, a father, a mother, 
any family member, friends, anything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. prayers up for you. Yeah. Hope everything gets better for you. Um, also, in closing, you know, um, prayers up for Florida right now because they yes. are really yes. going yes. through it. Yes. Um, we pray that everybody is um, safe, safe, safe yes. healthy. Um, please don't let no alligators eat nobody, Lord. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Seriously. I got away just in time. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's wild. And yes, yes prayers you know, up for Florida. Right. We send our um, best wishes and Absolutely. our prayers. And, um, you know, we want to thank you, Juanita, for thank again you. spending your Thursday evening with us. I thank, thank you, Nathan, you. for sharing with us your experience. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. And I want to thank our audience for once again joining us and tuning in to the Common Sensitivity Podcast. You know the common sensitivity thing? <laughs> the stuff that ain't always common sense. Sometimes it's mm. sensitive. And this today's topic is definitely sensitive. Most definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. So. Most definitely. We thank you. Um, we'll see you again on the next episode. Mm-hmm.